The following program is brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novos Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovosOrdoWatch.org. That's NovosOrdoWatch.org. flagship show on the Restoration Radio Network. Today's show topic is going to be something that uh, we've wanted to talk about for some time, but just haven't had an opportunity to because it's something that we needed to get the right people for all together in the same room at the same time. True Restoration is underwritten uh, by our namesake, True Restoration, with articles, books, and videos available at truerestoration.org. And while a portion of the operating costs of the network are underwritten by True Restoration, our particular show and our network is truly listener-supported. We have annual radio subscriptions for the subscriber of every level available by clicking the Donate button at truerestoration.org. Restoration radio programs, including this one, are available on restorationradionetwork.com and are syndicated on iTunes and Stitcher. You can follow the work of True Restoration on all social media channels, Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, LinkedIn, and Pinterest by following us using the social media buttons on truerestoration.org. Today, I have the pleasure of having people who are not just experts in relocation, meaning people who've had to do it themselves, but people who are also connected with Restoration Radio. I want to welcome Monica Wansbutter along with Nicholas Wansbutter. Hello. Hi, Stephen. And uh, the esteemed Joshua Gunsher. How are you, Stephen? I'm well. I'm, I'm apparently the only non-lawyer today. Uh, Monica and I are holding down the, uh, the, the, the mere lay people uh, part of the show. Yeah, although Monica helps me as a legal assistant, so even she has a bit of legal... Uh, expertise. I'm the one who's left out completely in the cold. (laughs) So you'll notice those of you who are listening to our show that this is one of the very few shows that uh, doesn't feature a cleric. And Nicholas will be the first one to to look back at the early days of Restoration Radio, where it was mostly uh, lay people and, and very rarely did we have the opportunity to have clerics on. And now it's mostly a clerical network with occasional shows. And this is one of them where the clergy are not on. There's a couple reasons for that. Number one, it's a Sunday. It's crazy to try to ask a priest to join you on a radio show on Sunday, especially if they have multiple masses to get to. But also because we wanted to make sure that the tone of today's show was not about um, a clerical command, demand, or request. This was something that we wanted to frame in 
the look and feel of lay people who are going out to breakfast after mass and just sharing some ideas. And so we want to make sure we state at the beginning of the show that this is not anything other than our personal opinions. It is not teaching of the church. It is not the teachings of any particular priest, either priests who are uh, guests on our network or other priests that we know. This is simply the opinion of lay people who relocated. And to that point, everyone on today's show has relocated for the Mass. And that's why we feel that we have the, the authority to speak on this subject. But at, that authority aside, it's simply our opinion. So I, I think, why don't we just start with that very rise on dot, the idea of, of relocating for the Mass. I was, I, was at, I was at Mass today, and I found out from, the, from someone afterwards that they have been watching the live stream that St. Gertrude offers. Um, they're from Canada, and they don't usually get to the Mass. And he had given the idea of um, a pilgrimage for your Easter duty. And I, and I thought, you know, what a terrible thing we've come to that the idea that you'd have to make a pilgrimage in order to, you know, attend Mass and receive communion for your Easter duty. You know, we're a little bit spoiled in North America in terms of the number of Masses we have, but why is it you think that we don't, either as Canadians or as Americans or, or as Mexicans, we might as well count the entire North American continent, why do you think that we don't think about the mass as the primary reason? People have no problem relocating for their job, but it becomes this big ordeal when it's relocating for the mass. Joshua, why do you, why do you think that is? Stephen, today we, we celebrated Holy Family Sunday, and, and I remember the description uh, put to me one time to describe the Holy Family was that of an upside-down pyramid where you have the second person of the Blessed Trinity uh, and the mother of God made man in the charge of St. Joseph, uh, a saint, but, but a man. The pyramid's built upside down. Why, why, would, why would it do that? Well, I think that we, we, we tend to look at these, at these big choices, and oftentimes not for good reason the way the, the Holy Family was built, but for, for wrong reasons. Um, we've, we've, we've pyramids upside down. That uh, I know for me, the idea of, of relocating was, uh, was a difficult one. Uh, the, it, it's easy to be distracted when you realize that uh, on a purely practical level, well, I know that the Mass is in this place or in that place, and I'd, I'd like to be there, but... I don't know if I'll be able to find a job there, or I don't know anybody there, or uh, I think it's really the problems that one perceives, and I, I choose the word perceive purposely, the, the perceived problems in, in a relocation. I don't think, a lot of times, I don't think it's a lack of zeal or a lack of desire on an individual's part or on the part of a family to move to where the sacraments are. I think most people want that. I think the reason that people have sought tradition was because they simply weren't being provided with the true faith wherever they might have been in the beginning. Um, so I, I think it's it's easy to get caught up in the perceived difficulties, and it makes it a lot easier than 
not to move, not to relocate. And it gives the, the appearance that, well, people simply don't care about the Mass as much as they should, or they don't think the sacraments are as vital and important as they really are. In fairness to, to people who have dealt with that, I know you have, I know that uh, Nicholas and Monica have, I know I have and others who have, sometimes it's just the practical difficulties that we let ourselves get mired in that make, uh, that, that make it difficult for us to make the transition. Yeah, um, you, I noticed that you mentioned the pyramid is upside down. I think uh, I, I uh, we, me and Nicholas um, just discussed that this morning even, uh, and we also feel that, uh, you know, the pyramid, the priorities, um, they're just not there. And so, um, you know, our Holy Lord is not um, thought of like that he is, you know, the aim of our existence, it's, uh, I think he's more in the shadows of, oh, well, I have to make a living that's more important, uh, you know, and that's absolutely correct. Like, I mean, it's vital, you know, um, you know, St. Joseph has to, has to provide for the family so that the mother can stay home. And uh, those are serious issues that we absolutely have to address so that we can live. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, we we have to take take on. We have to um, uh, you know bring the luggage to God, <laughs> and so that He can uh, fi- help us figure things out and put it into proper priority. You know, proper priority, proper order. So um, you know, I think it's uh, a lot of people don't take this practical step of actually really living your faith, putting it in. You know putting it in front God to God saying, oh, I have this problem here. I really want to be with you, Holy Lord, but uh, how do I do it? It's impossible for me. I have all these obstacles. And uh, I think that kind of practical uh, action on your, on the person's part is lacking. Um, you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm learning this myself and uh, this is not, you know, um, you have all these distractions in your life and friends and family pulling this way, pulling you that way, uh, phone calls, emails. Uh, but, uh, you know, you have to kind of um, consult God, consult, um, the, uh, you know, you, your first person who will take care of you and, you know, who's going to take you to heaven. And um, we forget to do that. And um, we're too distracted and too so these things, I think, over time, will get solved. Holy God will, um, you know, we have a whole host of heaven helping us, you know, our guardian angels from our favorite saints to, you know, all the other heavenly saints and plus the whole army of angels protecting us, watching over us and, uh, you know, giving us, you know, hints. <laughs> um, so... I think, you know, it just, uh, we have to get, you know, this, this priority straight. And uh, it's unfortunate that we're so distracted, distracted by, you know, friends and family. Family first, you know, your dad and mom need you first. When, uh, in fact, you know, as, a, as, you, as we grow up, we have our own families. We have to realize that 
like <clears throat> we become we want to as a child we want to become as independent as possible as soon as possible we don't care about our parents or, you know we want to be doing our own thing and uh as we kind of grow up and you we finally have our families and we found our you know our loved uh, husband or wife and but we suddenly kind of go back to this well mommy daddy you know we have to be faithful to them we have to um, go back and uh you know um hold on tight to them as if you know they're our god and they're um you know we just we're just cling back to them without uh, uh you know uh, the wider view of a catholic person should have you know like okay i love my parents but i personally we have to you know continue you know we're independent now we have to take the step the next step to um you know raise our family we have more responsibility um well yeah. I, I i think what i just maybe add to that is um there's uh it's it's an issue of priorities but it's also the common story that we have living in the modern world is that everything is opposed to relocation for the mass i mean even if your family is traditional catholic if your family is traditional catholic and you have no mass obviously they didn't relocate for the mass but in many or most cases uh, our families aren't traditional Catholics, and so they don't understand why we would move all the way across the country or to a different country or to a different city for for the mass. Which for them, if they're Novus Ordo, like, well, it's easily accessible. They don't. It's difficult for them to understand. And modern people in general don't have God as that priority, and it, it they just would say it's foolishness for say it's foolishness for someone to give up a good job, sell their house and move away from the family. So there there's also that you've got everything stacked against you or many things stacked against you. But I think at the end of the day it does come down to it, that it's easy to forget and people have to remind themselves that if you seek first the kingdom of heaven then the rest will be added to you. And uh, uh, maybe it's a bit of a lack of trust in God sometimes. And uh, we have to, I mean, we always, we all have to work on having that trust for God that that things are going to work out. I mean, obviously you can't just say a novena and, oh, I'm going to get a fantastic job and the move's going to be simple. You're, it's still going to be tough and you're going to have to take actions yourself, but uh, God will assist. Well, and, and God will assist even even when your children are, are fighting over certain things. <laughs> yes. Um, I think, Nicholas, you touched on an important point. I wonder if there's something about, um, and I don't know if this is true for Canadians, but I, I, I wonder that it might be true for Americans that you don't want to tell anybody, you know, people will say, so why are you moving? Oh, you know, I want to be closer to the mass. Like, and then they'll look at you like you're some crazy person. You know, I, oh, I'm, I'm moving for church. Like, like you're moving to some Amish compound. Right. Um, do you think that that's part of it at all? Um, well, 
in Canada, it may well be. I suppose we had the easier cover story that we weren't just moving for the mask, we were moving for a school, and people seem to be quite understanding of that. Oh, yes. Well, everyone always understands if you're moving for school or for a job, that's fine. But, I mean, moving for church, that's crazy. Well, no, you know, actually moving for school is also crazy, you know, because, I mean, you have schools everywhere. Come on. <laughs> you have a school around the corner. You're paying taxes. <laughs> Um, you know, and uh, so we had to actually, you know, it was a boost a little bit, but uh, we still have to explain ourselves, uh, you know, thoroughly to our parents and um, and friends, uh, why are we moving? Um, you know, but uh, it's all, you know, it's all set, you know, to, you want to, you know, be as close uh, to a Catholic life as possible. And we have to start it from scratch because there's nothing around us that will give us that, that will protect our, you know, our way of life, that will boost, you know, our children in their faith or, you know, each other. I mean, you know, it's so difficult nowadays. Even our friends, everyone is so far away from each other, you know, it's, and once you have start a family, it's even hard to keep a phone call, get a, you know, um, so it's, it's just uh, too many things are against you. So, you know, young people should, you know, be looking to uh, improve their lives with uh, looking to make, you know, a community of some sort with Catholics, real Catholics. And uh, in the, but in the world that is uh, misunderstood and not understood, I, I guess, because, you know, there's Catholic churches everywhere. There's buildings everywhere. There's beautiful, you know, novice order masses that are so full of glamour and, and you know, and comedy and, and laughter and, you know, all these things. And um, so this is, un, you know, very new, new kind of uh, thinking. I want to I want to start talking now about our our different stories, uh, and we won't have time to get into a, a lot of detail. But I think as we talk about these stories, we'll be able to talk about each particular thing. Uh, in both Joshua and Nicholas's case, there there is a question of um, the bar being a lawyer. Um, how does that work? You know, in a different province or a different state. Um, and and how would that be part of the relocation process? And then also. Uh, there's uh, what's different in your cases than for mine is you have to have a discussion with a spouse about it. And then um, you have family considerations because you have children and you're taking children away from their grandparents. Yeah. Full discussion. So I, I just kind of want to start at the beginning and uh, Joshua, we'll, we'll kick it back to you and, and ask, you know, you were saying, <laughs> It isn't on the it isn't on the top of our minds because the pyramid's been inverted. So when did it occur to you that this was something that needs to needed to be done, and and what was the very first step you took to try to start making that happen? I, I think when I when I first started contemplating a, a move, it, it, it was uh, it, it was brought on by uh, the desire to to go to law school. And I knew that by being in school, it would lend itself. And I wasn't married at the time, um, but uh, it was engaged. I, I knew that being in school would allow me not only the latitude to go wherever I uh, was accepted 
to go to school, but it also made it understandable for people that, uh, well, if you, if, you, if you get into law school in Washington State and you want to go, go there, well, okay, well, you'll be in Washington State. Uh, as an aside, it, it never quite... It never quite takes away the the wonder the wondering of family. So when are you going to move back? Um, so I think the desire to go to law school really opened the door for a move for the right reasons. And for the right reasons, I mean not law school, but to be near um, the mass and sacraments. I, I get very used to driving seventy miles easily, which by the standards of the, some of the people I know now is, is, uh, is a drop in the bucket. But, uh, for me then only knowing that trip, it, it was, it was, it was onerous. And, um, I thought, well, why not move, move closer? Uh, but, uh, the, the ability to dovetail going to school, which most people understand, um, you tell someone, well, I'm going to college, but I'm, I'm moving to Colorado. It, the first thing out of uh, out of the person's mouth usually isn't well. Why would you move all that far away? We have a college right here, uh, one county over, and you can live at home. Well, maybe some 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 parents are like that, but um, you know it, it was a lot easier to explain going to law school than it was to explain why the church that was a half a mile away from the house wasn't good enough anymore, or why. Uh, you simply couldn't uh, couldn't just accept the the, the things as, as they were at that church. It, it's a good it was a good dodge, and um, it really enabled enabled me to pick carefully where I wanted to land. Uh, I actually sort of geeking out with uh, with maps. Uh, I remember making a map of all of the the traditional chapels in the lower 48 states. Um, and apologies to Nicholas, I, I hadn't contemplated going to law school in Canada. Um, but uh, I, I made a map of, of, of all of the mass locations where there was a regular mass, where there was a daily mass, and where I thought there might be some type of succession plan, even from calling or, or, or just doing a little research, so that God forbid something bad happened to the priest, I wouldn't find myself in the middle of nowhere in a state I never thought I would be living, living in for the purpose of being near Mass. Now the priest has sadly passed away, and now I'm stuck with nothing except a school no one's ever heard of in a place I don't really care to be in for any, uh, any natural reason. And um, so knowing that there was some type of, of um, succession plan, that was important to me. I knew that uh, I'd be getting married in that place in all likelihood. and um, I also wanted to make sure that for the sake of my wife's spiritual life, for the sake of any children's spiritual lives, uh, that there was going to be a chapel. So I made a map of all the traditional chapel locations that fit those criteria. And then I made a map of where all the law schools were and more or less put one up against the next, held it up to the light and said, how far do I want to drive to go to mass or how far do I want to drive to go to school and how far do I want to drive to mass? And I realized that there are only a very few places that kind of clustered near each other, where there was a law school within, say, 25 miles of, of a traditional chapel of, um, that, that met my criteria. It made the, 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 the distilling down of the, the, the list of schools rather easy. 
And then it was just simply a matter of uh, of applying. There was all of that praying during the time of uh, of taking the standardized test. You have to take the LSAT to apply to law school, and then you have to be accepted. Um, but in the end, I, I was left with a very short list of places which I knew would, in all likelihood, meet my and meet my needs both for uh, law school purposes and and much more importantly for the sacramental life that I knew I would be able to avail myself of, of without the 70 mile trip or 80 mile trip uh, to get there on on the on an only occasional basis uh i the story is I, it's funny nicholas i'm listening to joshua and i'm thinking that would have been your story if 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 you and monica hadn't come to tradition ahead of time Right. So you were already married and you're in your dream house and uh, and you're looking at a relocation. So it's it's, let's say, several years after Joshua's situation, potentially. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, it was. Um, Although our situation was different, because although I did have dream job and we had our dream house and uh, we shortly finished renovating it when yeah. the school um, uh, bulletin appeared in our church. And yeah. and I, when I was looking at it, it was just, what is, are they crazy? I'm not moving now. I just finished renovating my house. Yeah, I just gave Monica a dream kitchen. Mm-hmm. But we also had every Sunday mass, although little did we know that that wouldn't be something we'd be prepared to go to for the rest of our lives. Because at that time, we lived in Winnipeg, which had Society of St. Pius X Mass, which uh, now that we've come to the uh, realization that Mr. B, also known as Francis, uh, and his uh, predecessors since Vatican II are not true popes, we, uh, if we hadn't moved when we did, I, I suppose we'd have to be making the decision uh, now. But you know, at the time, we, we did have the Mass, so we actually weren't really moving for the Mass. We already had the Mass, but uh, uh, we moved for a school because the Society of St. Pius X opened a school uh, in the Kitchener, Ontario area, which is on the other side of the country from Canada. And uh, we ultimately decided to make the move uh, because we thought that and being having the opportunity to send our children to a traditional Catholic school with daily mass, being able to interact with other traditional Catholic students, having traditional Catholic friends, having a situation where it was much more of a community than there was in Winnipeg. Winnipeg was kind of the classic traditional Catholic chapel where the chapel's in a very bad end of town, so no one lives near the chapel, and everyone spread to the four winds. No one lives near each other. And there weren't a lot of families with children in that chapel so even though we had the mass we decided well no there were there were there were many children there which you know was one of those things that we had to decide i mean but we just were too far from each other we would love to be living near one of the at least one of the families but you know people tried we were looked at it we looked at our option we talked to other people a new family that just, you know, uh, they got married um, a year after us. They moved closer to us, but yet still it wasn't a walking distance. You know, it still was a, at least a bicycle ride. So it still it wasn't, you know, ideal. But anyway, you had to con- uh, consider that. Right. And so in, in the end, 
I actually went on an Ignatian retreat, which is something I recommend to anyone when you're about to make a very big decision, such as quitting your dream job, selling your dream house, and moving <laughs> moving from your home to a much more liberal and socialistic part of the country. Um, so I, but warmer. I, but warmer. <laughs> well, that's not a plus for me. <laughs> I... Um, so I did an Ignatian retreat, and then uh, I did a uh, just a two-column chart with uh, spiritual and um, uh, material pros and cons for each option. I guess it was a four-column chart, actually, because I had pros and cons for staying in Winnipeg, pros and cons for moving out here to southern Ontario. And uh, ultimately, the moving to southern Ontario column had many more spiritual pros than remaining in Winnipeg did. And although the material was, well, I guess the material looked better at the time because uh, I was a prosecutor in Winnipeg and I thought I'd be able to get a job as a prosecutor in Ontario. And I did a little uh, scouting mission and talked to the head crown attorney out here and in fact had a, uh, a memorandum of agreement with them that I'd have a job and they pay twice as much in Ontario as they do in Manitoba. So financially, it actually looks like things were going to go much better. Little did I know that the stock market in the United States was on the verge of collapsing and collapsed just as we were moving. And then the Canadian... We sold our market, house. Yeah, we sold we our were... house just as the, <laughs> the economy completely imploded in the fall, late summer of 2008. So by the time we arrived here, uh, I had no job. I was completely unemployed. Unemployed, no house. And you know, with uh, <clears throat> you know, all our furniture already moved to a new state <laughs> or a new province. Yeah. So, uh, but um, let's say, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and uh, the rest will follow. And uh, I, I was able to. Fortunately, my profession is not the easiest to relocate because I did have to jump through some hoops to get accredited to practice law in Ontario, but it is a profession where it's easy to strike out on your own and uh, become a sole proprietor if like something like what happened to me happens and the job that you thought you had evaporates due to economic catastrophe. But again, you, Nicholas, you already had a plan B, right? I mean... Right. Well, yeah, I had... That's That's right. I had... I had thought of that possibility because it wasn't like they were offering me, here's a permanent position, sign on the dotted line. I knew that it wasn't 100%. So I'd, I did have a plan B, and I think having a plan B is an is important necessary. Yeah, to, to, to everything. Doing, mm-hmm. to, yeah, and to doing a big life change like relocating. For those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to the True Restoration flagship show on the Restoration Radio Network. That voice you just heard was that of Nicholas Wandsbutter. He and his lovely wife, Monica, as well as Joshua Gunsher, are with us today talking about relocation. We want to remind you that True Restoration is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. Would you, If you would like to duplicate our content, simply send an email to mail, M-A-I-L, at truerestoration.org. We are going to open up the phone lines and take questions on Twitter. I'm going to, well, the, the Twitter handle, as you know, is at True Restoration. We're going to hashtag trad location. 
Um, I thought about that for a little bit today and I decided trad location is going to be our hashtag. So um, if you have a question that you want to pose to any of the panelists tonight, simply hashtag at trad location. Or if you'd like to talk to them, our telephone number is 949-272-9417. Again, that's 949-272-9417. I suppose my story shares a little bit of both of your stories, and um, I didn't know it would, or I didn't think about it in this way, but I moved, I relocated for the Mass twice. Uh, the first time was to go to St. Mary's College. I left a full scholarship at Thomas More College in New Hampshire, which is a very good liberal arts college, but a classic conservative Novus Ordo. And I, it was a time period, three years since I had come to tradition, and I was still in that strange place of, I would go to the Novus Ordo when I was at college, and when I would come home, I would go to the traditional mass, and I, I was still in this weird in-between place. I, there, were, there were not any stark black and white lines for me. It was still very gray, and I'm sure that there are listeners right now who are in that position. And you still feel an obligation to go to the Novus Ordo, so you go to the Novus Ordo, but you get to the traditional mass whenever you can. So I, I moved to St. Mary's because it, uh, it had a, a college, a liberal arts college that had the traditional mass. Uh, they, you know, every, it was part of the daily schedule. So no classes started until mass and breakfast were done. So it was expected um, as part of what you did. And I was leaving a full scholarship to pay regular tuition to go to St. Mary's. And this reason would repeat later on. And I have plenty of good things to say about St. Mary's. I have two sisters who live there. I know a lot of great people there. And it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful town in, in a lot of different ways. Um, obviously, speaking within the Society of St. Pius at St. Milia, the So the impetus for me was I wanted to be at a, co- at a college that was also Catholic. So I had a, a luxury that Joshua didn't. There wasn't a traditional Catholic law school potentially. So I could I could have not my, yet. Yeah, not yet. I could have my college and, and mass too. So uh, I went to St. Mary's College. I, I got my MA and and uh, there's one thing I, I tell people is I just wish I had taken more advantage of the spiritual opportunities that, that were there. I'd, I'd gone to more masses uh um, spent more time in the chapel. It was I, I lived on the third floor, and I could just go downstairs and go to the chapel. And our Lord was not quite in the same building I was, but just a building over. And so it was a really wonderful time in my life, and I, I met some wonderful people. I ended up back in California attending an independent chapel and, again, was looking for something more. I had access to the Mass, not just Mass, but to daily Mass. And uh, that chapel that I was attending was a little bit different from Nicholas and Monica's. There, there were some people who lived nearby and that we had an established friendships with. Um, we had all previously attended the uh, Pius X chapel up in Arcadia. And the decision for me to move was something uh, I think was both the luxury of being an entrepreneur and of being single. And... I I wanted to be in a more Catholic community. I wanted to be around more Catholics. And so 
that, again, the impetus was to move to St. Mary's. I eventually moved on to Kansas City for business reasons. I My business made more sense to be housed in Kansas City, which was a couple hours from St. Mary's. But I, um, in the early days, made an effort to try to get to St. Mary's every other weekend, that kind of thing, to be in that environment and with those people. And I, as I say, I, I still enjoy visiting my sisters and, and the Catholics who live there. The, the issue was I was hoping to push my parents to go as well, uh, that uh, if I was gone and two of my sisters were gone, then my parents would give up and say, okay, well, we have to go as well. And what was slightly different from Joshua and Nicholas's situation and Monica's is that my parents are also traditional Catholic, albeit they're not set of a contest, but they, um, and they did. There was a, a, an opportunity at one point where they, they bought a house, but they weren't able to sell their house in California. So they ended up having to sell the house that they bought in St. Mary's. And I always say that if our Lord had wanted it to come together, it would have. It, it didn't at that time. So for us, it was, if I went, I wanted to go for my own reasons, but I also hope to inspire my parents to come along as well. And that's, uh, my, my sisters haven't quite given up. That's still in the works, potentially, to bring them out there. All, uh, all seven, soon to be eight grandchildren are out in St. Mary's, so that's a big pull for them. But uh, I, I want to go on to the very the very next thing there i said it was easier for me because i was an entrepreneur but it wasn't it wasn't easy i had a tutoring practice and a tutoring practice like a barber shop or a travel agency has a geographic uh footprint people know you because of the goodwill you've generated in the area if you move that practice somewhere else you're gonna have to start all over you do have maybe some brand recognition meaning you have a logo and a website, but you have to start all over with an entirely new group of people as far as your business goes. So I'm sure that was the case for Nicholas. It was the case for me. So I want to be clear. Are there any situations, types of jobs that we can say uh, we totally understand that you may not be able to relocate? Or do we feel that the internet and the, the economy today, there's enough creative ways in which one can get a profession. Or I want to make sure that we're not, we're not thinking it's so easy, even though it wasn't easy for any of us, that, that the job part of it, we're, we're being very mindful of as we talk about it. You know, can I jump in quick? Um, I just want to kind of point out that, um, you know, everybody has to... Uh, be uh, discerning and, uh, you know, be docile to our Holy Marys and uh, God's um, inspirations, you know, so not everybody should be, you know, jumping the gun and, oh, move, uh, right? Uh, this is very, um, you know, everyone has their particular way of moving and doing things. So I just want to emphasize that, uh, you know, to people who are, like, pondering on about moving. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> well, uh, if Joshua doesn't mind, I'm gonna uh, go first. I, frankly, unless you have an extremely specialized job, I I don't think that that's a valid excuse to say that I can't move because I can't get a job uh, somewhere else. I mean, I I think 
its mobility is so high in modern society that if there's a will, there's a way. I mean, unless you're like extremely specialized, like, but, and I can't even think of something, but maybe if you were a, um, uh, some sort of aerospace uh, technician or engineer, uh, you may be more limited on places you, can, uh, you could work. Um, although even the aerospace industry, I mean, it's in Winnipeg. Of all, you know, it's in not just in uh, in Florida and Texas. Um, so and Cincinnati, right? <laughs> so well, um, worked on the super collider under a mountain in Switzerland, maybe. Per, perhaps, but as I say, barring something highly, highly specialized, it seems like there's a bit of everything everywhere nowadays. And if you're, and and even then, there's you don't necessarily have to stay in your field. I mean, especially I don't know about the United States, but in Canada, I think more people with uh, law degrees work in a field other than law than those that have remained in the practice of law. Um, um, if I may, um, one thing kind of comes to my mind though is that. Um, I would like to, uh, um, you know, it's just maybe sometime uh, we have to kind of uh, see our options, but, um, you know, we have to test our options a little bit too. And maybe, maybe there is a chance to make, you know, a community around your area too, right? I mean, you kind of have to, <laughs> I'm jumping on to different uh, subjects, but I just want to... Uh, you know, make sure you exercise all your options and you study them before you do these things. Because, I mean, really, you have to put your mind to it and your prayer. And, you know, moving is is highly risky, especially to new 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 areas. And especially when you have children, there's no doubt. It's very risky. And, you know, you will have no bread and butter on your table if you make a mistake. And... You know that is very important to consider and reconsider and consider. But uh, go ahead. Yeah, well, the preparation is important, and I think that's something worth uh, worth mentioning in our move. I, I didn't just quit my job and sell my house and move. I made sure that we had enough equity in the house and calculated, okay, you know, worst case scenario, we can last an entire year without me having any income, or we can last. I, I forget. I think it was even longer than that. Be, because we had enough equity in the house that I knew when we sold it, we'd have that much money. We'd get the cheapest apartment we could find. We'd sell our second vehicle, so we'd have only one vehicle. We'd move on the cheap, et cetera, to you know, give ourselves a, a landing uh, cushion. And thank goodness we did, because you know, we came here, and you know, no job, two little babies. Mommy's not going to be working because she has to take care of these babies. There's just, you know, we absolutely needed the money that we, you know, gathered from selling the house, et cetera. But so that's important. to do. But, uh, yeah, like, you know, but, you know, good Catholics convert people, too. I mean, um, you know, you're, I mean, it's <laughs> not easy to say this or to, you know, it's easy to say this, but, uh, but you know, um Depends how you know the pressures of everyone around you. But if you are a good kind of uh, you know uh, type of people who, around you and who are just simply a little bit more ignorant, but not 
you know, hostile to the faith, maybe you can, uh, you know, start converting people, you know, and um, a few families here and there, and, you know, maybe a priest will come <laughs> to your mass. And, and that's usually that's how exactly how things start. Um, but uh, anyway, um, if you have no choice and you see that this is the only way and it's actually, you know, um, it's a... It would be the best thing to do. Then you go ahead and uh, you relocate. Stephen, I think that the 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 need for that reflection before you undergo any type of big change in your life. I, mean, I remember reading in a book there are times when a general confession is called for, and they they, they give you situations if you're if you're um, converting to the faith from a false sect, or you're going to be getting married, or any of these big moments. Well, I think the same type of, not necessarily a general confession, that's for a priest to decide if you need it, but if you are going to be making this big change, seek the divine assistance. Now, saying that, if you live in a place where um, the Mass and the sacraments are completely absent, and uh, just by way of a little more backstory, I, the, the chapel I've been traveling 70 or 80 miles to go to I started getting kind of weird, weird responses. Is this a state of a conscious chapel? Oh, no, 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 no. Well, why are you, why are you here? Um, being told, well, if you can't make it here, you go to the Nova Sordo, but don't participate. Just pray the rosary. And I found these, these, very, <laughs> these responses very, very, very upsetting to me. And I thought, well, even if I decided that I, 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 could, I could do 80 miles every week or multiple times during the week if there were there were holy day masses and, and, or there were masses of devotion. I, I don't know that I could go to this place anymore. So despite the fact that there was a chapel, um, it made it very difficult to to go to it. The circumstances made it difficult. Um, I, I think Nicholas is right. Unless you have an extremely, extremely specialized job, um, and, and he was having trouble thinking of one. He, he, he suggested the super collider. Yeah, I think that's true. Sometimes you, you're just, I've met people who have worked on super colliders and these are people who probably wouldn't be very good <laughs> at anything else. Um, I, I realize there, there are times where you think, well, this equipment is just too big to lug. This factory is just too big to, to relocate this this endeavor is just too difficult to restart somewhere else. Like you say, Stephen, I mean, the goodwill that you have in a particular location, you decide you're going to move a thousand miles away for regardless of the reason, you may find yourself with no business after, after a short time. Um, so I don't, I don't, I certainly don't harbor any type of, um, um, any grudge against people who make the decision not to leave a situation which doesn't afford them regular access to the mass and the sacraments. There, there are reasons which people, which people decide, but my, my own view is that if, if you're committed to saving your soul, there is no more extremely specialized job than that. It's unique to every individual and we're all responsible for it. And it's the most important one we possibly could have. So I say, Again, I, I don't begrudge people for not moving, but for, for the people who are on the fence and think, oh, I, I want to, or I've had conversations about it, or I just, I'm not quite sure how to do it, either dig up your super collider and ship it, or realize that you're just going to have to do some, um, you know, some, some particle physics in the garage 
while you have your day job. Um, I've, I've, I've thought about it a, a lot, and I realize that if, God forbid, the Mass and the sacrament should, should disappear from, um, from, from, from this area, and it would require you know, quite a considerable uh, catastrophe, I think, I would have to do one of two things. I would have to say, now I have to jump through all the hoops, similar to the hoops through which Nicholas jumped when he moved uh, to a new province and was looking to be admitted to the bar in that province. I either, either do that, or I say, the Mass is so important, and the, the other sacraments um, are, are so important for me to have access to. I'm not going to let myself be hampered by a profession, despite the investment I've made in it, when I know that I need, I need to have the sacraments. That I'd rather be a really great plumber who never expected to be a plumber, or a really great uh, waiter in a restaurant were really great. Uh, anything else, anything that that didn't require um, the the type of training that I already had, I'd rather do that and have the sacraments. If 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 being able to transfer careers from one location um, yeah. just simply wasn't possible. I mean, to, to jump through, it becomes easier for a lawyer in most jurisdictions after a period of five or seven years, usually. You, you can more or less just be admitted with uh, limited uh, limited uh, rigmarole, to, admitted to a different jurisdiction, and then you simply uh, can start practicing law in a different jurisdiction from scratch. But then again, you've lost your goodwill. You perhaps have left friends whom you'll, you'll miss. But again, to put the pyramid firmly on its base and have it where it needs to be, the mass and the sacraments are there. And I don't... I have no expectation that anyone's going to chisel Esquire after my name on my tombstone. I'm, I'm committed <laughs> to my profession as a profession. Uh, this is this is my job, and I'm I'm responsible to do it well, not only to take care of my family, but to use the the, the talents which God has given me as uh, as well as I possibly can. But if I had to be something else, and if I had to be it to be near the sacraments, you know. Give me my special little cap. Give me my special little uniform. You know, tell me I can only wear these types of pants to go to work, and I'll do it. And he will make you a tall Boca Frappuccino. <laughs> With pleasure, sure. knowing that I'll get, be able to get to mass <laughs> later in the day. Um, you know, I, as you both have been talking, uh, I can't help but think about the legal term due diligence. And I wanted to talk about what's the due diligence that we need to do so let's say we've made the decision, say, all right, I want to move for the sacrament. Joshua, you talked about creating a giant you know, spreadsheet based on, on the math. I'm sure you've come to realize now that, um, and you, may, you probably did at the time as well, that simply having math on Sunday isn't, uh, how can we say, good enough. And a, a part of that has been my, I've had the opportunity to probably go to, to mass in 20 to 25 different places in the United States. And some are like St. Mary's where there's six masses on Sunday and they're all full. And others, uh, there's 10 or 12 people there and all of their money goes towards either flying or driving the priest in once a month or once every two weeks. So there's nothing being built there all sort of a hamster wheel. They're, they're just having enough to bring a priest in, but they're not growing the congregation and they're not 
setting aside money for a chapel. So when we're talking about doing our due diligence for where we're going to move, what are some of the characteristics you're looking at school, parish-wise, uh, and, and in the clergy? I think, Joshua, you talked about uh, contingency plans. Uh, what were what were your uh, points of, of observation? I, I think the contingency plan, well, first of all, most importantly, get in touch with the chapel. Make sure it's still there. I remember going through uh, directories and trying to contact people and phone numbers were disconnected. I remember my wife and I, she wasn't my wife at the time, but we, we went to try to go to mass. At, I think it was at a hotel in the greater Boston area. And we showed up to where we thought the address was. And I thought, well, maybe they've renumbered the street or something. And I went into a convenience store and I said, do you know where the hotel, whatever it was, uh, might be located? And the, and, and the woman said, oh, no, they tore it down. They tore it down. And I thought, well, of course, you know, I'm in the middle of nowhere. And they've torn, they tore down the only place where there was mass in this area. Um, so research that the place actually exists um, and make sure that it's uh, it's the type of chapel which one wouldn't end up with scruples of conscience attending. Um, if, if you have uh, come to this sort of a conscious opinion, make sure you ask. Um, you know, people with peanut allergies, when they go into a restaurant, they don't want to put their lives on the line, their bodily health at risk by not saying, is there, is there any peanut in this? Uh, in the same way, don't put your spiritual life on the line, especially if you're planning to move to a place and then you find out that, you know, uh, this is a, a chapel with, uh, you know, with, with, with uh, you know, there's a fourth person of the Blessed Trinity or something, God forbid, something like that. Do your research on the chapel itself. Learn about the clergy. Learn about as much as you can about, um, you know, where, where is this cleric? Where's this cleric been? You've, you've never heard of this, this priest before. Maybe ask some uh, contact. Uh, other clerks see what they have to you know do you know this this priest is, is this a good is this a solid chapel um, and, and once you're convinced that the chapel itself doesn't isn't, isn't riddled with any type of doctrinal error um, then make sure especially if you're planning to move with with a, uh, maybe a new wife or with a family in tow where it's not it's going to be more difficult for you to transition out of the area than it was for you to transition into the area. It was a lot easier for me to move towards the mass uh, without even being married than it would be for me to go someplace else with the family, just for purely practical considerations. Um, so make sure that you know that if you know the priest is the priest is ordained in 1938 by um, you know by um, Pope Pius XII, um, make sure uh, that uh, that you you. You, you know that there, there might be a younger priest who works with the chapel, who if something happens to the, the older priest, the pr older priest gets sick. You're not suddenly bereft of the sacraments. And the whole reason for, for, for moving to that location is, is out the window. Also, in terms of your own practical uh, employment prospects, there's a lot of information out there about what types of industries are, are, are located in, in any given area. Um, I'm, I'm a big proponent of the of, of, of the trades. And I think the trades, uh, despite the bad rap that they might get by, um, by, by, by people out in the world, they're somehow, uh, manual labor is somehow beneath our dignity. Um, I, 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 I couldn't disagree with that more. Uh, and for, for young men, 
who are contemplating the trades, I encourage you look at the trades because not not only uh, will you find that you'll you, you'll you perhaps some months make more than the the doctors and the lawyers, but you can pretty much go anywhere um, as long as I guess you know the plumbing code or whatever the the rules are for plumbing. You should be able to go anywhere and uh, and, and be able to apply your trade there and renovate houses. We need good and renovating people. <laughs> So I, I think the hardest part of it all in, in terms of the preparation is, is actually making your goodbyes and telling people you, you commit yourself to going by telling people and uh, whether it's parents or friends, uh, even devout Catholic friends. And you may have come to the faith at the same time or because of each other. Um, I mean, on the one hand, uh, it's difficult to go, but I can think of no better way to show up in a new place where you don't know anyone than showing up with a friend. Uh, it might be the type of thing that, you know, young men who may not be contemplating college or who've gone to college or have done some or whatever the plans are, um, even young women who are, are unmarried but uh, would feel more comfortable being around other like-minded traditional Catholic women of a similar age and ilk, you, you may not be willing to do it by yourself. You might be a little bit scared. There might be hesitation. I say if you can, take a friend. Sounds good to me. But if not, just go by yourself. You have to. Well, you have to inspect and figure out these places. You have to know your face in the first. You know, first of all. Um, and I mean, you know, where's the where there is a will, there is a way. I mean, that's you know, I you know, I <clears throat> I had. There's no way I could learn anything of the faith because by myself because there you know there's just so much so many and ton and ton of books about you know the the false faith uh, you know with all sorts of falsehood and it just I stopped reading because I'm just I don't know which book I should read and you know if I didn't meet, meet Nicholas who was really really um, well he had a good uh, formation at his high school and. And then university, he had his history um, uh, degree, and uh, he studied medieval ages and things like that. So he, he, it brought him up to speed in what's happening and, you know, how he should be looking at uh, authors and, you know, so. Um, but anyway, it's, you know, where there is a will, there's a way. And uh, if you want to find God, you keep on knocking on the door and it will be open to you for sure. Although I should uh, note that my, uh, quote, good formation, unquote, was from very liberal Jesuits. But uh, although the, the, uh, what they were teaching was all garbage, they did teach me to use my mind and use my brain. So that, that would be um, uh, the, the important aspect there. But uh, otherwise, I think uh, Joshua... Well, you were more read than anyone I have ever met. So... <laughs> Anyway, I, I think Justin or Joshua, sorry, has um, pretty much covered off uh, anything I could think of in terms of uh, a due diligence from the spiritual aspect when you're looking into a chapel to move to. Uh, the only points I'd add is when you say of uh, when you're looking into whether it's easier to get in or get out, that is something to keep in mind because we know a number of friends who moved to a place in rural Saskatchewan thinking, hey, there's only a population of 100 people here. Half of them are traditional Catholics. They have the mass. This might be a good place to go. But a place like that is impossible to get out of because 
you can't sell a house there because no one lives there. No one wants to move there. You know, mm-hmm. you're, that's, you're, there's no return from there. And if you find that you, it's not, so, not as great as you thought it would be in rural Saskatchewan, that could be a, a problem. Um, in terms of uh, checking out um, the background of priests and all that, I think we have it a little bit easy because I'd say, uh, you know, go with who you, who you trust. And I'd say that you should trust the St. Gertrude the Great clergy and trust the CMRI clergy. And just look on their websites, which link to each other, and look at their mass locations. You know that those are going to be legitimate mass locations. And you may want to double-check to make sure the mass times are up-to-date on the, the website and the mass center itself is up-to-date. But in terms of uh, a doctrinal perspective, uh, I wouldn't necessarily recommend opening up uh, Traditio's uh, mass uh, <laughs> right. catalog and look, start look, start your search there. I'd say start your search on um, sggresources.org and cmri.org. Nicholas was making that, the red face just now as, as we were talking about Traditio. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, uh, the reason I mentioned that, I mentioned that, that Josh was brought up before that was also brought up by one of our listeners as an email before the show was the idea of a traditional Catholic job board, uh, some sort of resource. Now, that's, I think that's a great idea. I think that's something that if someone else doesn't step up and do at some point, I think we will do something like that. But that's a great idea. Um, but as far as scouting, you could say scouting a place, um, you can ask the priest if there's a family who might be willing to, to host you uh, if you and your wife come out for a weekend, um, sort of a like a come and see visit where you can go to mass and you can meet some of the people uh, in the parish and, and see the city and, and get a sense of, is, does this make sense? Not just because of the mass, but because I have the luxury of maybe picking between a few chapels. Uh, Nicholas mentioned the CMRI. Well, you're talking about masses in over 30 different states and, let's say, a, a solid parish in, in at least 10 or 15 of those. And St. Gertrude's website also links to places in Colorado and New York. So once you have that, then, then you can start to bring in some other practical considerations. And again, I think this is someplace, something that people in the United States, they don't know how good they have it. I went to mass in England. In the entire country of England, there is mass once a month. There's only, there's a non-unicum mass, which is a mass not offered in union with a heretic, a known heretic. Uh, There's only mass once a month. And that's it. That's your only choice. So uh, in the United States, you've got literally dozens, dozens of choices. So Part of your due diligence then can be once you realize you want to relocate, well, maybe I can move to this state because this puts me two states closer to some family, or or some of you might say two states further away from your family. Uh, it, it just depends on the family, I guess. And uh, and and have that be part of of your considerations. I think I guess that's that's another point that we need to touch on, um, Joshua and Nicholas. Is what happens when your family and not a few of our listeners are in this boat? 
art, traditional Catholic, or maybe art instead of a contest, how how do you deal with the situation? How ha- have you dealt with it? And um, how can our, our listeners deal with it based on your experience? Oh, well, um, I, I mean, it, it's difficult for sure because uh, they'll be hurt. They won't understand. Um, they'll think that you're, I mean, depending on the family, they might even accuse you of doing this on purpose to hurt them, not because of your own spiritual good. Uh, I, I think you just have to be as full, frank, and fair with them as you can and just tell them, look, this is what's key to me. This is what's really important to me. This is what's really important to us. And um, and you've just got to stick to your guns um, and, you know, I mean that that's what that's what we did. That's uh, just you know sat down with the family and they were not happy with it at all. But over time, they've uh, I think come to accept and even respect our Some did, some did not. Some are still are very bitter and you know no communication and you know blame and things like that. But in the end, you know I can't live their life. I have to live my life. I have. You know, everyone, um, you know, has their own, um, is responsible for their own soul. And so, you know, I, God talks to all of us. So you're responsible for yours and I'm <laughs> responsible for mine. And, you know, my, uh, you know, like a priest is not going to, who even, or whatever, I mean, anyone who, um, somebody's not going to go to hell for you. You will go to hell for whatever actions you will do. You will go, you know. So you really have to, you know, um, be certain of what you're doing. And once you're certain, you have to follow through. And uh, so um, it doesn't, the rest doesn't matter. The rest doesn't matter. I mean, we'll, we try to keep uh, good communication as much as possible, at least from one, our side. <laughs> but uh, in the end, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. I God provides good friends for us. You know, we're not lost and um you know we're not complete loners and you know we have very um full life rich life i should say and god will not abandon us and i you know it's just too bad on the other side you know that they don't recognize the obvious things and uh you know but that's just too bad i mean you just have to leave it you know, leave it be because there's nothing more um that's not your responsibility and it's it's there it's the, it's the other side that has to uh take steps to uh change things and to improve things and that's just you know just leave it it's not your responsibility you have your own you have ton of things on your mind you have ton of things to um keep with uh you know and um and that will be good enough <laughs> Stephen, just to put my two cents in here, I mean, there have been times where I've been terribly guilty of, of digging in my heels for, for what turned out to be unbelievably poor reasons. But to leave was a decision that I, I know I made and, and then discussed afterwards. Um, I, I love my family dearly, and there are a lot of friends whom, whose company I, 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 I miss, but my advice is if you've decided you're going to move, move. 
it's a difficult thing to uh, linger in a farewell, even if you're simply announcing that in six months' time you're going to move. Uh, it's, it's always easier to um, simply make the decision, stand by the decision. And in the end, if people are going to begrudge you the decision to go near the sacraments, to move for much higher reason, I think, than, than any type of professional pursuit, I say that that's a that's a hatred that I could I could probably deal with. Again, that goes back to what we started the show with. It, it's so strange; n- almost nobody would question ever if you are moving for a job. You said, uh, "I've decided to take a new job. I'm going to go." Almost never are you going to hear someone say, "Well, I can't believe you would do that." Um, but if you're going to tell them, I, I want more access to the traditional Latin mass and the sacraments, if they, you know, if, if there's just, there's not that same receptivity. Now there's a couple, there's a couple additional follow-ups here because we've talked through the process. You explained the genesis of how it happened. You guys talked about how you made it happen. So now we're on the other side and I want to, I want to go down two roads. One is, for Joshua, now that you're on the other side, what does that look like, especially as regards to school? And Nicholas and Monica, you got to the other side and then you found out that you couldn't go there anymore either. <laughs> so you might have asked our Lord, you know, when are you going <laughs> to, when are we going to, you know, stop uh, having to, to deal with this? So I'll have Monica and Nicholas go first because you have a, an addendum to your story. You did relocate for the mass in the school, and then you're not going to the school anymore. Yeah, well, uh, sometimes I say God pulled a bit of a bait-and-switch on us, but I think he used the um, the Society of St. Pius X school as bait to get us to move to where we are, because now we're close to the only non-Unicum mass in all of Canada that I'm aware of. So. Yeah, and so you know we had the we came here for the school and now we're not using the school, and it's it's hard. You know, it's, um, our lives are gonna be full of um, you know God always asks of some kind of sacrifice. I mean, you know, if not penance or fasting or you know some other um, you know denial self denial. You know, they're all, our lives are full of crosses and we have to, you know, recognize them and just offer it up. It's a beautiful thing. It's it's rich. It enriches. It gives you so many more graces. Um, you know, you learn so much and you become such a, like, real person. You, you know, um, nothing really, it's, you become stronger. Won't, things won't shake you as easily as before. And so you understand these crosses are just fine. Just offer it up and uh, God will give you more graces from it and, you know, uh, save sinners. And, um, you know, so right now our cross is uh, we're not using the school. It's, you know, I have to do not only homeschool, but, you know, answer the phone calls for Nicholas <laughs> and, um, and uh, you know, cook special meals. You know, we have um, all sorts of uh, dietary um, requirements and, I have to research so much more about health and what works, what doesn't. And, you know, I don't have that time, that much time. So, but I get to learn, you know, um, but, you know, 
I, I'm fortunately I made the right decision in uh, my education. You know, I went, I got the a degree in science and biochemistry. Um, anyway, but um, point is that it it really opened my eyes to how things work. What is you know how this all this stuff works and this I'm using right now. I'm using you know the moment I go on internet, I look at uh, what do, uh, this doctor or that doctor says. I I get what if this is real, this is um, believable or that is not believable. And I don't have time. I have to just okay that makes sense. I'm gonna use it. I'm gonna start making my own fermented sauerkraut. You know, or I'm going to make my own kefir, or I'm going to make my own lard now. You know, I have to have these uh, information right here, right there, and I don't, I don't have time for more. Anyway, so doing all that is a big, big challenge, big, big cross. But, you know, uh, you have to be prepared for it, you know, uh, and uh, offer it up and be on your toes. You're, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, like... Goodness, if I didn't have this motivation, what would I be doing nowadays? You know, like watching TV all the time, you know, going to these same, you know, places, the same kind of, um, uh, you know, just wasting life this way. I'm using my head. I'm using the energy I have right now, even if it, it is a big cross. But, you know, like I, you know, I talked to my girlfriend uh we, and you know she too like uh, you know having having um is um taking the uh challenge to look into health and you know we discuss things we're so happy with you know even though it's so hard you know we have babies and everything like that but it's it's really fun it's it's challenging and you know god made us for a challenge you know he he built us um up to you know be tested right so i mean I don't want to be tested, but you know what? <laughs> when push comes to shove, you you you're in a battle, and you know it's um, you see the the beauty of it, and um, you see how God works. You know, you see you get to learn about Him, and learn about heavenly things. You know uh, how they're assisting you on left and right. You know, if you know your ear suddenly burns, you realize, oh, you, your guardian angel pulling you and saying, no, 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 don't do that. You know. Or um, so you realize these things, how they work, and uh, it's all because you're not sitting down on your bottom and watching TV, you know. And um, so, you know, you offer it up and you keep on going. But um, for, uh, those of you, for those of you who are just joining us, you are listening to the rest, True Restoration on the Restoration Radio Network, episode number 32 on relocation. Um, that was Monica Wands Butter giving us her point of view, and uh, I think we've we've got a little bit of time still left in the show. So if you would like to get in a question, if this is a topic that's been on your mind, uh, or you'd like to speak to any of the hosts and ask them for any of the guests today and, and ask them questions, um, we're probably looking at the last ten or fifteen minutes of the show. So Twitter again, trad location is the hashtag, um, and. For uh, for calling in to our studio, that's 949-272-9417. Again, that's 949-272-9417. Nicholas, I'm sorry, you were going to say something. Yeah, well, just um, to go a, a bit more about the, the follow-up of where we are and how the situation's changed. I mean, uh, I think our life is proof of the truth of that that passage I've quoted a couple times about seeking first the kingdom of heaven and the the rest 
following. I mean, my d- despite ha- having the perfect full-time civil servant, full benefits, full pension job, and having to hang up my own sh- shingle, it, it, on the whole, it's gone well enough that we have a, a home and I'm able to support the family. And um, so God's provided in that way. And uh, so, yes, we're not using the school, and now my wife has to homeschool. But, well, as I say, I think God used the school to lure us over here. So we still have uh, the sacraments. We're not as close as we'd like to be, so we can't make use of the daily uh, uh, sacraments. And we sometimes are unable to get there on on, uh, Sunday, even if uh, the weather's especially bad, like the ice storm we had a couple weeks ago, and then the blizzard we had last weekend, <laughs> but um, uh, I, I as would share Joshua's view that if the chapel near us closed up shop, then I'd have to, I would look into moving again, because that's the thing that that keeps us here, and uh, it's just providential that where we moved to happened to be perfectly situated for us to make the next step, as it were, in our conversion and uh, come to the realization of what these the current claimants to the papal see really are. Now, you had, Stephen, you had asked uh, about what it's like on this side of, uh, now, that, now that I'm on, on this side of things, uh, I'm not sure if you mean uh, in terms of law school or in terms of a church school. Um, in terms of, I'll give you an answer to both. In terms of a church school, we don't. We we have children, but they're they're not uh, they're not even close to being school age yet. And we have enough trouble trying to get them to eat with utensils. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll cross the uh, the bridge. But it's, it's important it's important to know that it's that it's it's here. Um, I, I think that um, even if there hadn't been a school here, I don't think that would have been a. It, it wasn't the sine qua non of the whole thing. This didn't make it or break um, a, a move to a, a traditional chapel. Um, I, I think that it's it's good to know that it's there, but I also know that there are people who may live a uh, hundred miles away and who are perfectly happy to come uh, for, say, Friday night devotions, and, and who come for. Uh, the massive obligation on Sundays and, and, and at other times during the course of the week, perhaps. Um, I, I don't think that having a school or not is, is, is um, should hold anybody up from, from moving. I know people are, some people are very hesitant with, to, uh, to homeschool. Some people look forward to it from the beginning, regardless of whether there's a school. So in, in terms of a church school, you, if you can find one and, uh, they're out there, but there are a few of them. Um, then it's certainly a, a, an added benefit to being in, in a place, the sacraments being first. Um, if you can't find a school, or maybe just you know your your children are grown up and they've moved out, and uh, or you know, you're a single person, um, you know, sometimes a school can be a great place as a just as a as an aside. Uh, it's it's been a, a regularly cited means by which I know people moved uh, out to the Cincinnati area to go teach in the school at St. Gertrude's. Um, it became the, the means, instead of going to school and moving out to an area, they found a job at a school as the means of getting them near the church and having the, uh, a daily mass, uh, perchance. Uh, in terms of, the, on the professional side, being on my other end of the school, 
schooling, it's 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 difficult to know uh, exactly what could happen anywhere. But uh, there are enough priests around here and uh, in in the greater Cincinnati area that you know there there are. I'm, I'm, I'm counting in my head because I've, thank God there are priests to have to count. Um, uh, at, at any given time, there may be um, you know four, sometimes five clerics. Uh, at, uh, over at St. Gertrude's, um, I know there are other other chapels locally, and um, you know, they, fortunately, nothing is um, nothing has taken me away professionally. Nothing's forced me to relocate professionally. And as I said before, um, I simply, if, if it meant that I had to, t- to hang up my shingle and then take it down and go make uh, make Stephen a Jamba Juice or whatever it was he was talking about, that's I would what I have to do. Cincinnati. For those for those of you who have no idea what we're talking about, it's it's where you get to pay eight dollars for a bunch of crushed fruit and vegetables. (laughs) That's funny. Well, anyway, we I mean the point is that um, life is a cross, and you know even if we have to be poor, I mean we we you know learn to be humble uh, all the time, all the time. you know, no matter who you are, it's, you know, there's always crosses. We have to just recognize them and uh, just take them on. And uh, even if we're poor, even if we have to sell everything else, I mean, God is number one. And, he, you know, and goodness, I mean, we're talking about, I mean, there's Fukushima. There's like, I mean, so many tragedies, tragedies in the world. I mean, anything can happen and we can lose everything in, a, in an instant. So, you know, just sacrificing a little bit, well, sacrificing for God in the whole scheme of things is, is nothing. Because in the end, you have heaven. That, that you, we have to look at these extremes and always focus ourselves to these extremes. What do we gain in the end? In the no, end, I, we gain heaven. It's all worth it. I think that's that's really important, Monica. And and part of that for me, I'm I'm not married and I don't have children. But I've been in education for the last 10 years. I've taught both in private Catholic, private Novus Ordo schools, uh, at public schools, at private non, uh, non-affiliated, non-religious schools. And I think part of you talk about Nicholas having a good education. That was something that was a big deal to my parents as well. And I think for a long time, I let that be a, a big objection in my mind. And, uh, you know, I always thought, well, you have to have a good education. And even if you have to expose the, the children a little bit to the world, it, it's fine. And, and I just have to tell parents out there, if you're sending your children to public school, you, you are kidding yourself. You, 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 either, you either have no idea about what's actually going on in the public schools, or you've just decided that it's not that important to you. But Nothing is more important than your children's soul. I don't care what college you think they're going to get into or how good of an education you think they're going to have. No education is worth your soul. No, no, no. Because no look step. at, I mean, just look at these mad scientists running around nowadays. I mean, you know, just look on the internet, <laughs> what they are creating nowadays. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's just unbelievable. Yes. And so I would argue, you know, if, if your local parish school isn't offering AP classes, 
that that's okay. Um, I went to a I went to a high school that didn't offer AP classes, and I was enterprising enough to study on my own, and I and I took the AP test and and got a four on my own. If your if your child is talented enough, there are ways and means. But if you're if you're telling yourself that not only do you have to send your child to the local Novus Ordo school and pay the ten, thirteen, or eighteen thousand dollars a year necessary to send your child to that school. Um, but don't worry, they don't have the real mass there. They don't have real priests. They don't have real sacraments. And there's a lot of drugs there. I I, I just go back to things. the original. Go back to the original. I mean, if you want the best drugs in town, go to the Catholic school. That I think that we have to go back to the original point that we started. Nova Sordo Catholic School. Yeah, Nova Sordo Catholic School. Uh, if you if you look at how you're making your decision, this becomes clear. If your decision is, I want to be near the sacraments, then everything else comes below that. Your job, your, and, and, and as a single person, I've had a little bit more flexibility than Monica and Nicholas and Joshua and, and his wife, because um, I have had an opportunity to live in places that I love personally. And that's something we haven't even talked uh, talked about here. And I think it's important. Nicholas pointed out he prefers colder weather. Uh, if, if it was so, you'd find him up in the Yukon territory. And uh, I prefer I prefer less socialism and less government intrusion into my personal life. Right, and yet he lives in Canada. And, well, and, but, well, and Ontario specifically. Ontario, Ontario specifically. It's, well, yeah, it's uh, not as bad one, out west where we used one to. One of be. the winter homes of the New World Order. And then Joshua has family and friends out on the East Coast. So if we had it based on our human desires, we wouldn't, nece- we wouldn't in any way necessarily choose. Nicholas has no geographic or personal love for the region that he's in. Joshua doesn't have any family in the Ohio area. They're not making choices based on things that make sense. Right. It, it, it makes sense to choose a place based on the weather, on on how, you know, sports teams or, or food or how the city's set up. Those those make sense, but they make sense for the world. For us as Catholics, what has to make sense is, do I have access to the sacraments? Because the question will be, and this was another question put to us by one of our readers before the show, if I have the means to relocate and I don't. Is that a sin? And I, we talked about it pre-pod. I don't think it's a sin, obviously. I, I think if you look as far as what how moral theology would treat this, I don't think you could classify it as a sin. But I think the question will have to be, when you're at your particular judgment and you're facing our Lord and he says, well, you know, why didn't you have, you could have, you could have gone to more masses, you could have made more holy hours, you could have spent more time in front of the Blessed Sacrament, but you chose not to. I think it's more a question of, missed opportunity than it is a question of sin. And so when you're weighing those things, yes, when you make your chart that Nicholas made, that Joshua made, has your pros and your cons, you may find that the city you want to go to that has the Latin mass doesn't have your favorite baseball team. It doesn't have your favorite <laughs> Chinese doesn't have your favorite Chinese restaurant or in Nicholas's case, your favorite hockey team. Or uh, shopping does, center. Shopping center or your favorite, uh, Monica, maybe her favorite organic farmer's market. That's uh, right. You're just going to have to deal with it because none of those things matter more than the sacrament. 
None of those things matter more than sacraments. And part of that, what they, what Nicholas, Joshua, and Monica have been talking around uh, tonight is if you have enough people doing that, then you have a community. You don't just have a mass. You don't just have a place where people go on Sunday, have coffee and donuts, and then drive 100 miles home. You have a place where people can linger afterwards. Maybe go over to Nicholas and Monica's house or go to Joshua's house, have, have brunch, sit around, talk, and have your children play safely with other traditional Catholic children. You're not going to get that if you're, if you're you know, thinking that you're going to be the leaven in the loaf and you're going to be the conservative Novus Ordo and you're going to change your parish because that's not going to happen. Or if, if you're waiting for a sign from God, maybe the show is the sign. You're listening to the show and you're listening to these people. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I, want, I want to challenge you with that quote of St. Augustine in the Confessions. He says, si y si as he say cordon ego. He says, if these people can do this, thinking about the, the lives of the saints, why can't I? Joshua, Monica, Nicholas, they're not any better or more able or more called to holiness than you are. But they managed to do it. So the question has to be, if they can do it, why can't you do it? And that goes back to what Monica, Joshua, Nicholas have been saying all along is you have to pray about it, right? Right. You have to ask our Lord, if you want me to do this, how am I going to do it? Is it right? And and if you have the opportunity to take Ignatian retreat, that would be great. Um, Obviously, don't go to uh, a Tunaku Mass uh, to take the Ignatian retreat, but the... uh, you have you have to you have to make that front and center, and I think if you do, this whole process becomes a heck of a lot easier. And Stephen, I would just uh, emphasize again when you're saying, well, you know, if these people can do it, I can do it. I mean, <laughs> we did it in the absolute well, maybe not the worst possible. I mean, this isn't Zimbabwe, but in terms of the United States and Canada in the last fifty years. We probably made our move in the worst economic conditions of that time period, and we still pulled it off. Thanks, you know, thanks. We're in still large trying part to pulling God. it off, <laughs> but it's okay. It's, but, you know, we still have bread but, and butter on yeah, the table. That's why I say if we were able to do it under completely adverse circumstances, then I, I think it's completely doable by almost anyone. I mean, I, I mean, it's it's difficult. Uh, Certainly, it's not to be taken lightly, but it, it certainly is is doable. I mean, you know, our- and I like just point is know your faith, live in virtue, uh, don't do uh, things over your you know uh, abilities, but you know, just take your time, and God will help you, right, step by step, and He will be right with you. And I think one other thing I'd point out is, I mean, the U.S. is this way as well, but certainly Canada is a country of immigrants, and. Monica's family defected from communist Poland in the 1980s. So uh, maybe for us it's not as strange to uproot, but I I think that's something else to keep in mind is people have been doing this as long as there have been people on the earth relocating. Uh, Maybe I think it's a pretty uh, unique circumstance we're in today where someone would have to relocate for the sacraments, but... It's something that people have done in much more difficult circumstances than we have. I mean, 
if you're listening from the United States or Canada, you're more than likely going to be able to stay in your home country. You don't have to move across the ocean. Or speak your language. <laughs> right. You don't have to move to a country where you don't speak the language. <laughs> Stephen, if I might jump in here, I'm thinking about the, the Holy Family going to Egypt and uh, responding to uh, the threat to our, our blessed Lord's life. Um, and not only going, but living there. Um, and eventually they, they were able to go back. But um, it must have been, I, I wonder just how strange it must have felt to be around people who were um, quite different uh, ethnically, re- religiously. I, I wonder you know, if, if they were able to palate the food. Um, I'm, I'm sure a Blessed Lady would have eaten anything in front of her. But I, you understand what I mean. It was such a different, such a different environment. Um, frankly, if you asked me five, six years ago, if I ever thought I'd find myself living anywhere in Ohio, um, I, I, I give you the same odds as, as, as though you'd ask me if I ever thought that I would live anywhere in, in Southern Ontario. Uh, it just, <laughs> it, it was improbable that I, I would, I would end up here. And I think the fact that I'm, I'm here now is not only a testament to the help God gives to people who are looking to make those changes, um, for good reason, but uh, the finger of providence in anyone's life, just the, the very fact that one might be thinking about it um, in the first place, um, you know, you fan that flame, um, do the research, see, see where, um, where your, your options may, may allow you to go. And don't be afraid. This is one thing I've noticed. People are very sheepish. I've, I found myself, in fact, I think it was the first time I ever met Stephen standing out in the cold out uh, in, in, in front of, uh, in front of the church, uh, he joined uh, me and my wife with a cameraman and some other friends for supper that night. And, um, don't be afraid to talk to, to trad strangers. Sometimes people are a lot more confused than you think you are yourself. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've, I've walked into a chapel and, and thought, oh my goodness, what in the world is going on here? Especially early on in my, my motion towards tra- traditionalism. Um, it can be it can be daunting, but most people don't come. You know, and I only hope that there are more and more of them. But most people, I, I would think, don't come from families who have always been traditional Catholics, and and so you may find yourself uh, speaking with someone who's newer than you are, and if if, if you've been uh, assisting at at, at a non unical mass for three weeks, you may just bump into the guy who's who's there for the first time ever. Um, so rely on people who are there, call a, a parish office, contact a priest, tell them your situation. Say, do you know anybody who, uh, you know, I'm, I say I'm an engineer. Do you know any engineers nearby? I remember spending a week visiting with a lawyer uh, who lived not too far away from the church before I moved out to, to Ohio, uh, just to, to give me not only someone to, to meet and to know, but uh, a place to stay. And I think a lot of people are very accommodating, more so than one might expect. You'll find that, especially in large metropolitan areas, the percentage that traditional Catholics make up, and perhaps this is, this is uh, fairly and sadly universal, we're, we're a very small group, despite how, filled, how full the pews might be. Don't be afraid to ask. There's always going to be someone who's more than happy to have you uh, sleep in a, in a guest bedroom crash on a couch. Uh, you, can, you can pitch a tent in my front yard. However it happens, get there, explore. 
and I'd encourage you to, 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 to pray before you do and, 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 and be thankful what you have. Well, I mean, the first time I met Joshua is pretty, I mean, it, 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 it's never a good idea to miss out on Mrs. Guncher's cooking, especially if it involves, <laughs> especially if it involves quinoa personally. But, uh, I think it's that a delicious that, grade. It, it's, it, it's very good. Um, so I think part of that, and I, it was interesting, Joshua, that you mentioned the Holy Family, because going back to the, the point I asked Nicholas and Monica about, about how things change sometimes when you get there, according to the revelations of Anna Catherine Emmerich, when the Holy Family was in Egypt, St. Joseph was doing carpentry work, but since he was a foreigner, people either slow paid him or just stiffed him on the work that he did, and Our Lady had to... Um, take in sewing and she'd make this very beautiful lace and it became really popular. And, uh, and that was part of how the Holy family survived during that time period was something unexpected. St. Joseph was discriminated against because he was Jewish and people felt they could take advantage of him. So the situation changes. And of course that's private revelation. So it's, it's not necessarily true, but um, well, it, it, it's private revelation that has some theological issues with it, but that's uh, a can of worms we probably shouldn't open right now. I, I suppose the point that I was trying to illustrate was, as it was with Nicholas and Monica, sometimes it's this, when you get there, the situation isn't what you think it's going to be. Um, it doesn't mean that you can't deal with it. So they, they moved for a school. It turned out that they couldn't uh, get to a school. So um they had to they had to deal with the situation and that and that's something that you can do. I think uh, I think we've talked about uh, all of the the subjects that we'd like to to talk about tonight. Um, so I'm going to leave each of our panelists an opportunity to share some final thoughts with those of you. Mostly, this show has been tonight for those of you who are thinking about doing this. This has been on your mind. You're listening to the show tonight because you're thinking maybe I'm supposed to do this. Maybe I'm supposed to relocate. I've certainly thought about it. I, I certainly wish I could get to the mass more often than I do. Or wouldn't it be great to have the mass every single day? If if that's part of, you know, what is in your heart or on your mind, um, Joshua, Nicholas, Monica, what what would be, you know, one last thought you would leave these people with? Joshua, you go first. <laughs> I, I just would encourage people not to move for professional reasons without considering the, the potential spiritual consequences. Um, I, I, I was thinking earlier about the show, and I realized that there are those people who will do just that, and this has been mentioned throughout the, the show this evening. If you move for professional reasons without considering what your spiritual fate is going to be, wherever it is you're, you're moving to, you may find that you're not only bereft of the sacraments, but now you're exposed to temptations which might have been uh, to, against which you might have been strengthened had you been around the sacraments. And I, I wonder if there aren't people who, at that point, are willing to hold their noses and go to an unicorn mass or find themselves. Uh, you know, at, uh, at a society shop or even at an indult mass. And as a result, their geography is the phrase I've, I've, I've heard a cleric use. Geography dictates the person's theology. 
And so if you, you may have, you may end up getting the job you want, but you end up compromising your faith along the way is really the cost of the relocation. Just think about what is important first. I realize we all need our money to survive. We all need uh, the, the, the necessary things of life. And especially if we're married people, we're responsible. As the, the married men are responsible for providing these things. There is no worse situation to be in than finding yourself in a place where you have neither sacrament nor a job. But there are very few places, I imagine, where there is a regular mass, regular access to the sacraments, where you couldn't find some job. And especially for, for, for single people, you may have gotten, gotten used to a particular, uh, a particular standard of living. You may like to spend money on things. At the end of the day, whether it's the education you have or the car you drive or the fancy phone or anything else, the job that you've gotten, those are things which will disappear. And while we could be judged on poorly we did the jobs which were uh, entrusted to us by Almighty God to use the skills he gave us, we will certainly be uh, accountable for avoiding the helps to our salvation, which he provides us. Sadly, not everywhere, but definitely in places uh, which one should consider moving. Nicholas? <laughs> um, I don't think I have a lot to add. I, w- I would say that if you're, if after listening to the show, you're giving more thought about moving and you want more detail than what we've been able to provide in this little better than hour and a half, feel free to contact us. uh, Restoration Radio is on pretty much every social media outlet there is, so uh, just send us a message and I'm more than happy to uh, respond and correspond by email when I'm able to. And um, I think... uh, uh, I would also just follow up a little bit on what Joshua said about you know how we're going to be judged with what we do with our life and whether we've missed opportunities. I think, especially as parents, you have to consider relocating for the sacraments even more carefully and much more seriously than a, a single person would. On the one hand, it might be easier for a single person to move, but on the other hand, as a married person, you're not just responsible for your own soul anymore. You're responsible for the to a certain extent. I mean, they still have free will when they reach a certain age, but you're responsible for the formation of your children, and you have to think about how strongly are they going to hold the traditional Catholic faith if they haven't had the traditional Latin Mass every Sunday. And uh, I always go back to uh, uh, Exodus chapter 20, verse 5, is... Uh, kind of my um, guiding section, my guiding, my motto, I suppose, as it were, uh, as a a parent, and something to keep in mind is, uh, it says there, I am the Lord thy God, mighty, jealous, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. So you're not just responsible for your own children, but in a way, you're also responsible for your family up to the third and fourth generation. So um, put yourself in the best possible circumstances to succeed 
it would be my recommendation. And the best circumstances to succeed are almost always going to be with more access to the sacraments rather than less. Although, of course, you can get to heaven without the Mass. Uh, you can't get to heaven without the sacrament of baptism, but I suppose you can get to heaven without the other sacraments. You can't get there without the faith, but the sacraments were given to us for a reason. Monica, what are what are your closing thoughts? You guys have such fantastic <laughs> way of saying things. I cannot um, add anything more to it. That's fabulous. God bless you. Um, I, I'm also having a hard time following up uh, Joshua and Nicholas, but I'll, I'll leave with three three different quotes. Uh, the first one is. The restoration will not be televised. If uh, <laughs> if, if you want uh, to restore Christianity, the best thing that you can do is to do it within your life, and part of that is what we've been talking about today. The second is from Gandalf. All that we have to decide is what to do with the time that is left to us. And the third, I've already cited from St. Augustine, Christi ediste cornonego. If she and he, or if the translation, if they can do it, why not I? And everyone tonight has done it. We've relocated for the Mass. And I'm sure you can tell if we haven't explicitly said it tonight, that all of us are happier and um more spiritually fulfilled for having done so, and we hope for that same for you. Joshua, Nicholas, Monica, thanks for giving generously of your time. I know you have children, and uh, we, we heard some of them today, and uh, thanks for taking some time away from them to share your stories with, uh, with people who are considering this, and I appreciate you, and, and I hope everyone else does as well. If you have questions for any of our panelists, you can send an email to flagship at truerestoration.org, and they'll be able to respond to you on a more personal basis. Thank you, Stephen. Thank you, Stephen. God bless you. Thank you. We at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider making whatever donation is possible to our apostolate, no matter how small it may be. To those of you who have donated, a heartfelt thank you for your kindness and generosity. If you have any questions or comments or would like to reproduce our work on your channel in some format, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to leave us a message on our Twitter handle, at True Restoration, or via email at mail at truerestoration.org. For the restoration, I am Stephen Heinzel. May God bless you.
This program was brought to you free of charge by the sponsorship of Novus Ordo Watch. See for yourself that the Church of the Second Vatican Council is not in fact the Catholic Church of the Ages. Go to NovusOrdoWatch.org. That's NovusOrdoWatch.org.